Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. Jackie Cation here. Hey, I was going to take December off, but uh, I think we all need to hear dorkdoms. So we're just going to keep going. Just going to keep going, bringing people what they like and uh, have people talk about what they enjoy and be positive like that. So, you know, the, you might know the websites because I'm Jackie Cation, uh, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. You can go to the DorkForest.BandCamp.com and get premium episodes. There's probably a dozen of them now and there's some free stuff there, but the premium episodes are $2 each. They're live episodes I've done in the last year to defray the cost of live episodes. So there's always free ones every week, but uh, Bandcamp has uh, some premium episodes that are in front of live audiences and are super fun. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg just sang and composed the song you just heard, sang it with his wife, Sarah Cohen. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com, and Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. The website is redone by Vilmos. So that's exciting. It looks better on your phone. So, uh, but there's got, it's got everything you might want. It's got all the merch that you might ever want. You want a Dork Forest t-shirt or a Dork Forest hoodie. I'm out of sizes. So if you order a hoodie that will be back ordered, probably email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com and I'll let you in on what ones I have sitting around. Otherwise it'll be a second because, uh, I just have to wait till I order new Dork Forest t-shirts. There are in stock Dork Forest t-shirts, Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirts and my stand-up t-shirt, Spooky Reading Girl. Those are all available. They are a hundred percent cotton U.S. made by the union because I'm willing to wear clothing made by toddlers, not willing to sell clothing made by toddlers. Let's do this. And other than that, there is CDs and DVDs. My CDs are all available on Pandora and Spotify to listen to for free. You can buy them on Amazon and iTunes as downloadables, and you can get hard copies from me. You'd also get hard copies from Comedy Film Nerds, but you can buy them directly from me or from them, and it just... You can rip them and give them to everybody you want. You can use it as a coaster. I will sign it if you want, but you got to give me a note that says, please sign this. Also, my DVD, which is, this will make an excellent Horcrux. It is both a CD and a DVD. They're two different sets. The DVD is a longer set that I did uh, earlier the same week, and it's available as a DVD or as a downloadable video streaming thing from ComedyFilmNerds.com from their downloadable area. What else? Oh, support the show. To support the show, I usually ask that you donate, but not in November and December. In November and December, I ask that you, instead of donating to the Dork Forest, you find a local food bank. Find a local food bank. Donate to them. They're good people. Everyone can use the sandwich right around now. And uh, so if the 5 20 or 100 bucks that you were going to donate to the Dork Forest... Send it to your local food bank. You can go to feedingamerica.org and put your zip code in, or you can just Google the name of your town and the words food bank, and that will come up anywhere in the world, I bet. So if you've sent me money this month, uh, know in your heart that I have sent it off to the food bank in my hometown from South Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where we used to get food when I was very little, and we were on welfare, and we'd go to the food bank, and so... I thank you for your donations in November. We sent 
the South Milwaukee Food Bank, a couple hundred bucks. So thanks a lot for that. And But if you do still want to support the show, you can get merch like I was talking about, or you can uh, use the Amazon banner. Holidays are coming, so you can order from Amazon by going through the portal on JackieCation.com. There's a tiny icon on the front page. If you go to the support the page, there's a little banner, Amazon banner. You go to directly to Amazon using that banner. It doesn't cost you extra, but the Dork Forest gets a little bit of a kickback. That's a way to support the show. The other thing that's at JackieCation.com is my schedule. You can come and see me do stand-up comedy. This week, I am all over San Francisco, the Bay Area, and Northern California. Go to JackieCation.com. Go to the tour schedule. Take a look around. If you live in the Bay Area, I will be there. And then I, at the end of it all, I'm opening for Maria uh, Bamford on the Saturday. Let's get into the dorkdom upcoming. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room in Van Nuys Boulevard. Uh, Van Nuys Boulevard. Uh, who cares? <laughs> Go see, see the movie Van Nuys Boulevard. It's a movie from the seventies <laughs> that is uh, hilarious. Uh, actually, don't. Is it actually, actually? It's an actual movie. I bought it off of Amazon with forty-nine other shit movies from the seventies. <laughs> it was seven dollars for all fifty of them. And oh my God. here's the good news: you could watch the clip from Van Nuys Boulevard, the trailer on YouTube, and it would be uh, as good, if not better. It's not better than the actual <laughs> film. Jenny Zagrino in the living room. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I was about to burp from this Diet Coke. Oh, right. You're having a Diet Coke. I got you an All extra, right, got it. Got you an extra uh, cup, cup so of water So many fluids going in right now. A lot of liquids. A lot of liquids. Adds Jenny Zagrino, by the way. And JennyZagrino.com and all the Jenny Zagrinos in the world belong to Jenny Zagrino. Oh, my oh. cousin is Jennifer and oh. she married into the Zagrino name. So she is Jennifer Zagrino. So go so there with are the, the nickname Jenny. Jenny's Jenny Zagrino. Z-I-G-R-I-N-O. You know it. Stand-up yeah. comic. So I, uh, I think the first time when I remembered, <laughs> because that's where my brain is. That's okay. I get it. I get you it get now. It. You I, get it? You know, I get it. Do you want to know the first time that I saw you? You probably oh don't God. remember it. No. Um, it was boss, it was the, uh, women, women in, ah, damn it, women in comedy festival. And yeah. you were doing the workshop on one nighters. Oh, how to book shitty one nighters. How to book shitty one nighters. That was the first time I did that workshop. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then I just didn't. Did you go to the, didn't do shit. <laughs> did you go to the workshop? I went to the workshop. Oh, okay. uh, so after the workshop, I was like so inspired. I was like, I'm going to get all the one-nighters I can. I'm going to take over this town. And then I just didn't do anything. And you didn't do any of that. No. Nope. Interesting life choice. Uh, what? <laughs> Look but, it's here. All, but it all worked it out all anyway because you're living here now. Yeah. Yeah. And so you do the road, out. right? I do the road, yeah. I'm going back uh, to, I'll be in Edmonton. Oh, that's in Canada, right? Yeah, in uh, two weeks. And then I just got done. I've pretty much been on the road almost every weekend since March. Wow. Yeah, maybe like a couple weekends off, but yeah. I've just, yeah. So. Holy crap. So yeah. Hey, my, my oven's preheated. Oh, uh, The reason that beep went off is because our furnace, it was like 42 degrees here last night, and our furnace will not work if it is less than 58 degrees. Really? So you have to heat the house up to, to heat make the, the house furnace up? up? Except for that the furnace cannot be tricked. It cannot be tricked that it is 58 <laughs> degrees outside. It literally, I'm having someone come look at the furnace for the third time tomorrow. I, I've had, uh, I did the oven thing yesterday. Yeah. It so cold. it's chilly. It's yeah. Chilly. When it's 42 degrees, it turns out I'm wearing a jacket. I'm wearing a sweater. It's a, uh, uh, nobody's above it. So, 
How long have you been? So I saw you in Austin was when you really hit my radar. Yeah. At Moon Tower. Moon Tower. Yeah. So that was really a great set. Everybody should go find you. It was super. That was a great show. That was a hell of a show. So fun. It was a crazy ass show. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the Dope Queens hosted that? Um... Or did they just go up? I think, I think they might they have just, just gone up. One up. Oh, because Greg Barron. No, hosted Greg Barron. Yeah, Greg That's hosted. It. Who I love so much, and uh, and then everyone that I like, because I had to leave. I had to leave a little bit early. I think I had to go do either another show, or was that the princess? This is night? a great. This is a great story. What Guys, is look at, <laughs> Let me tell you about my schedule after my set and seven months ago. <laughs> That was the princess weekend. That was the weekend I saw princess and that was a life changing weekend for me. That was, that was the weekend prince died. And then princess, who was Maya Rudolph's prince cover band was scheduled to play like anyways, like no idea that he was going to die. And so then they played like this amazing show and everyone was ugly crying and there was snot everywhere and it was beautiful. And it was just like, ugh, like that weekend was. Life affirming and changed everything. Excellent. Uh, I was in Minneapolis for a long time. Yeah. I, uh, never got from there. I, uh, I, I don't care about Prince. I mean, I like him. (laughs) I want to. Here's the thing. I really do want to. Yeah. Like when I, when I, I spent, I think it was 86, the summer of 86 in Minneapolis. And then I moved there in 90. And so. 86, I, I worked at a screen printing place, a t-shirt screen printing place mm-hmm. that was right next to where Husker Du practiced. Okay. And they are a, a punk band that were very, Hus- very. Husker Du fan? This, I gotta stop drinking Diet Coke. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I actually don't know anything about Husker Du, but I was, everybody who makes t, I mean, people love music. I like music, <laughs> but I don't know anything about it. <laughs> So, I am currently listening to the Postmodern Jukebox Christmas Mix. Which and, is a good, they're great. And the Pedatonics Christmas yes. Mix. So, I know uh, you listen to Hamilton. I, yes, Hamilton. Are it's been hard. Mixtape come out? Uh, oh, I did not get into that one yet. Uh, did, uh, getting ready, my sister went and saw Hamilton oh in Chicago God. last week when I went and saw Hedwig here in Los Angeles. Oh, how was that? Hedwig was amazing actually. It was, uh, production to production with, with, uh, theater. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever realized it's like stand-up is like this too. Uh, every show could be different, it turns out, especially. <laughs> and with, with theater, it's a different director. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just different actors. It's they the same, everything. it's the same product. Yeah. But it's different actors and interpretations and then it's different directors and interpretations. So I saw it with Cameron, John Michael Cameron in New York two years ago. Ooh. He's the guy who wrote it, yeah. right? And then I saw it with this guy, Darren Chris, who from Glee. So this, Darren Chris is in this one. Was in this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big Glee fan. I never watched it. But, but I, I love the concept. But people, yeah, I like acapella. Yeah. My sister saw it with Ali Sheedy uh, as Hedwig 15 years ago. Who's Ali Sheedy? She was in uh, like St. Elmo's Fire or The Breakfast Club or one of those. She was a John Hughes uh, Brad Pack. Oh, I'm sure if kid. I saw her. Yeah, she, in, did you ever see The Breakfast Club? That's so long ago. Well, she played the goth kid who had lice. Oh, yes, yes, Or yes. dandruff or whatever. And yeah, whatever. That's who Alice she Lice, is. dandruff, same thing. It's almost the same Comes thing. off your head. It comes off your head. Some of it's alive, some of it's not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about me and you okay. and stories that are fascinating. How about we talk about your dorkdom, Jenny? I'm just saying, I'm just going to... Please. Hamilton mixtape. Really good. That's all I'm going to say about it. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's, I, is it available? There's, there's four tracks on Spotify right now. Okay. 
And then your mind will be blown. Boom. Okay. Um, my mind will be blown. Yes. Cause, uh, and I will appreciate it because I need my mind blown a lot lately. So, uh, I'll take it. Blow my I mean, mind. I mean, I follow your Facebook. I know what's up. You know what's up. You, <laughs> right. It's, uh, and I, and I deleted Facebook and Twitter from my phone. Did you? I yeah. deleted the Facebook, but I still go on the, I nope. can't stop myself. Well, that's, well, the thing is, is I can still get there. Yeah. Via, I'm logged in on Safari. So all I have to do is just, but the interface is harder. Yeah. So I don't stay as long, which has actually <laughs> made me slightly saner. <laughs> so. Oh, I gotta get that. I, yeah. I know that everything you're talking about, but yeah. okay. So Obsession. let's talk about your dork, dorkdom, historical costuming, uh, historical costuming. I, okay. Not LARPing, not nope. cosplay. No. Historical costume. Do you know how angry I get when I go to a Ren fair? And I see the steampunk, like it's an Wait, irrational anger. It is irrational, but I get it because all of those things are supposed to be a safe space for all the dorks of the world. But, but no. I get, I get why you'd, what about SCA? Have you heard of them? Yes. The Society for Creative Anachronism? Yes. You would fit in. I love what with they their do. Range. I would make baskets all day. Right. Do you whatever else there, they do. Candle making. <laughs> you would learn how to milk candies. a cow. Sure. Oh my God. Let's make wigs. Come on. Let's so, do it. But you were telling me Boston. What? <laughs> what do you got going on? I, Historical costuming. So, what is the history period? Okay. Historical so period. my uh, favorite is the 18th century. Um, That's 1700s for 1700s. those of you at home. Kids the at home. Uh, colonial period. Um, American colonial is one of my favorites. But... As far as fashion goes, yes. I love the British uh, colonial more than the French. So, like, the French and the British had a very different style as far as, like, their 18th century garb went. Um, but the British had, like, more of a muted. It was very regal. While, like, on, in France, you had the big uh, polonaise dresses that, like, had the big hoops on the side. And then it was, like, a sack dress. So it started at the neck. And then the fabric went all the way down to the floor. That was, like, a sack Oh, wow. Old sack dress. And actually, apparently in Boston, the, the hip extenders are called peignets. Mm-hmm. They were banned in Boston. Okay. Cause they're getting in the way of shit. Right. You're like, uh, hey, we're, tr- we're all trying to use the streets here. Yeah. We're all shit in the streets. Can you get out of the way, bitch? Uh, so that's what happened. And, um, so that's, that's like, I love that particular style and period. And then as it goes into the, Regency period too, which is like the eighteen to like eighteen, like eighteen hundred to Napoleonic War, seventeen ninety eight to eighteen fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, sure. So because because at the time it was ruled by the Prince Regent, so mm-hmm. you get the Regency period. But I like that. Who style. became King George the Seventh? I think it was the fourth. Fourth? Oh, fourth. the other way. The other way. Sorry. Something. The the one went before the V, Jackie. All right. How's that Latin coming along? <laughs> so close. And uh, it w- would have been sixth if it were the other way. So I who know. cares? Yeah. I don't even know. The Roman George the Fourth. Something about your hands. You can like check. Like, how, how, how does too? a Roman centurion order five bears? Huh? <laughs> Peace symbol. <laughs> I'll, I'll take five bears. My five stepmother bears. used to tell that joke all the time. She was oh. a yuck. It was a yuck a minute with her. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I love that era. And so when I lived in Boston... I was Mrs. Copley on the Freedom Trail, the wife of John Sinclair Copley, and I was a loyalist. So uh-huh. I really wanted to like stir the pot a little bit. Right, and I had, right. So I'd supporting woman, the Brits, supporting right? the Brits. I didn't get as make as many tips, but the, in my heart, I felt. <laughs> oh, are people it's not tip about money? Oh, when you do a Freedom Trail, you you shouldn't always tip. Oh, okay, you always tip, guys. 
Gosh, happy tour guide. So essentially, you were a tour guide on the Freedom Trail. Yeah. So pad, 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 pad. You would walk the Freedom Trail. How many miles is the Freedom Trail? Um, all together, it's about close to three miles. If you oh, did like, okay, so not that common, bad. Yeah, from the common to Bunker Hill, but the main ones about um, like about a mile okay. or so. And uh, so I do like one or two a day, three. But I mean, I was screaming the whole time. And right. I developed polyps there, on my throat. Oh, there's no Mr. Microphone. Yeah. Why not? Why not? it's not accurate. Oh, that's right. That's right. They they were like, How many do people you really go need on it? I mean, if you did the 11 or 12 o'clock tour, you get easily 80 to 100 people. Oh, my God. Yes, you need it. Yeah. Yeah, you need amplification if there's 100 people. Yeah. So then we eventually I started splitting them. But we had this one guy who uh was the best, rest his soul, Bob Jolly. Um, that was his real name, Bob mm-hmm. Jolly. And he, uh, played, I forget his character, but he was a hatter and he had this crazy hat and he would, um, he gave the most amazing, most enthralling tours. Like Boston has a, a, uh, um, grant in his name. Oh, at wow. This point, Cause he was just such a great addition. It was fascinating. To the town. Oh, he was so fun to watch. Did you, did you get to go on his a couple of, and see? I learned from him. Okay. And then also he's the kind of guy who like, he wore a three piece suit, tweed three piece suit, just like. In, in life. In life. He's just the Paul like, F. Tompkins yes. of, of, of walking the, the yes. freedom trail. So he was just, he was just so cool. Um, so I learned from him, but before that, like I had always done Renaissance fairs. Living in Minnesota, we had a really great Renaissance Fair there. Where is the Renaissance Fair in Minnesota? It's in um, Shakopee. Oh, is it in Shakopee? Yeah. Okay. Is it Shakopee? Yeah, I think so. Near Burnsville, but they're. Cl- I think they're going to close it soon because it's going to move to Chanhassen, where the dinner theater is. <laughs> I hope so. That's its own little world, right there. <laughs> that is there. its own little world. I love that dinner theater. <laughs> I've never been to that dinner theater. I've always wanted to go. Always wanted it's to fun. go. Death of a salesman, and uh, and, yeah, and eating steak, and uh, just. <laughs> Something. <laughs> so, um, so you went to Renton Fairs like in high school and, and. Yeah, I used and, to work at them. Oh, I worked, wow. I worked at them. Um. Selling like corn or turkey legs? What no, were you doing? I was a, I was a actress on the. Hired. Uh, hired, hired actress. Hired actress. Um, and From I. From the get go. Right away. I've been a working. You have been working actress, actress since you were what, 14? Um, 16. And okay. I made, do you know how much we made? No. Uh, two dollars an hour. Two dollars an hour at the Ren Fair. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's legal. Maybe they were. It was uh, period piece. It was like, oh, for the whole eight weeks, you'll get a check for four hundred dollars, but you're working six a.m. to seven p.m. <laughs> right? Yeah, and you're just, but you're like, I'm just here for the for the great times, and then at the same time, you're. So you had to get your own costume going when you were sixteen. I had to get my own costume. I had my own costume, my own character. I was, um, what was my character's name? Um. Something destiné, which is like French for the drawer. So I would just go around and draw terrible um, pictures of people, the characters of people. <laughs> I'd be like, "Wait, stop! I need to draw you." And like we do British accents, right? And it was always split because half the Ren Fair people would be like, "It's fun," and the other half would be like, "It sounds terrible and takes people out of the experience." Meanwhile, we have like a Lord of the Rings guild <laughs> that is. Like, <laughs> No, not historic at all. But we had like little Frodo's. <laughs> and we had Gant and they would run around. We had a fairy guild. Sure. Just, yeah, like, oh, we can't do British accents. We have a fairy guild that just hangs out in a forest. Ugh. I, I met a guy who um, we dated. That's a word, sort of. 
uh, for like two weeks we did it. And, uh, and he was a German immigrant from, uh, Germany. Yeah. He wasn't an immigrant. He was just on walkabout, right? Yeah. And so he worked at the Ren Fair because it paid in cash. And, uh, in Minnesota. And he uh, sold corn all day long. And yeah. so for four days, he only ate corn and chicken and, and turkey legs because he would trade corn for turkey legs yeah. with the people next door. And he was like, if I never eat. And, uh, and he, he was like, people were always asking if my accent's real. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. I'm genuinely German. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a weird, it's, and it's changed so much because I went this year with my little sister. I have a nine-year-old sister. Okay, and you went off to Shakopee. We went and up into Shakopee. And did you guys uh, dress? I, she dressed up. I'm like, retired. <laughs> Are you retired? <laughs> <laughs> I just show up and I'm like, this is uh, the way it used to be. You have a dress from the 1890s. Well, I that's do. not, that's that would not, that would not have been accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I took her and it just Did was she like, make her own dress? Outfit? We went to like a thrift store. Oh, nice. And got this cute little thing and she put on fairy wings. But it's just so different now because there are, because it has become this fucking safe space for nerds who yep. aren't Renaissance. As opposed to just Renaissance to just, nerds. It was <laughs> our place. But, uh, no, because like we have, um, there are people just like, there's always, I think this year there was like, Definitely a couple Jon Snows running around. Oh, because like, of Game of Thrones? Yeah, so it's just People like, like whatever the medieval quote-unquote yeah. uh, thing is at the time, they show up. Right. Then there's And then it's just like, for me, I see people be like, I'm a witch. And they're like in a really kind of slutty oh, right, costume. Right. And I'm like, that's just a waitress. Like, right. <laughs> a wench is a waitress. You just, yeah. you just have an excuse to show your titties off. Right. And you see the, the bodice coolers that they have? No. What's a There's bodice like, cooler? So it's like a, a a little cup with a little dragon on it always. And you put ice in it and you put it between your tits to keep you cool because it's so hot. Okay. But then it's just like, there's a dragon coming out of my boobs. So oh, again, not accurate. <laughs> nobody was doing that. No one had dragons come out of their tits. No, uh, no, no, nobody said, Hey, what I really want, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to cool off with ice, which wasn't invented. Yep. Um, and by putting it between my boobs and then just walking around because when you're a waitress, it's like, Oh, not enough people are staring at my boobs. Yeah, exactly. Please, if someone could stare a little closer to what's going on up here, I'm like, a little glass blown dragon. Exactly. Are you going to order? Please order. <laughs> Sir, if you could order. So I want to know what your costume was back in high school. How did you make it? What did you do? What so, was it? Was it a sack dress? No. So for, okay, for, uh. When is the Renaissance? The what Renaissance. am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to, I've only been to one Ren Fair. Is the 1500. Like, okay. Generally the 1500s, you can think of, uh, Shakespeare. Which is Renaissance the, guy, Queen Elizabeth. Renaissance. Right, right, right. The, the Spanish Armada. But okay. it also depends because the Renaissance happened at different points in Europe. Sure. It's, we'll get to that later. Uh, but, but, but in general, 1500s. Yeah, like, okay. like 13 to 15. Okay. Like around there. And then, uh, um, for that costume, I got that one like off eBay. Okay. And it was just like skirts. And then I made a bodice because I was like a young seamstress at the time. Sure, sure. Home um, Yeah, exactly. Why not? So I made a bodice, but all the bone, all the metal boning like mm-hmm. came out of the sides. Oof. So the whole day was just me trying to shove Oh, right. With the, the underwire. Yeah. The underwire back in. Yeah, back in. As it's like popping out and shooting across the room. And then for 
the um freedom trail is they give you a costume but i i was like no i want to look great so i like special ordered this one off etsy okay like this um polonaise it had the hoops uh, the uh it had the beignet so, yeah beignets on the side <laughs> and then the thing about the polonaise too is how it differs from other dresses is it's got um i'm like uh, trying to find my words find your words jenny okay so it's Shorter, so you can see your ankles. Oh, which is very sexy. Racy. And then it had. Well, I thought you liked the British one better than the French one. You like the French one better than the 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 colonial they, days. They both used that style. Okay. Of the polonaise, that was just like the name of it. Okay. But like, so like the more rococo French style is like very flowery, like a lot of trimming, embroidery, that, and yeah. stuff like that. And like, I mean. Uh, if you look at, I think Marie Antoinette's wedding dress is like five foot right. wide hips. But that's not every day. I mean, she was the queen. She was the queen. It was probably every Those were day. probably child rearing. Exactly. And not just child bearing. That's child she hid her children. Just like kept them inside. <laughs> right, like Christmas present. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and then, um, so you had like the ankles showing and then you would have, um, kind of that classic where it's like draped. So you had like ties on the inside of the dress. That would tie up so you could lift it up for like oh, a drape okay. effect. So that's like kind of a nice polonaise. Well, like the sack dress wouldn't really have that draping. It would just have the sack in the back and then just go over like the a flat. Yeah, like very flat. So there's no drapery so, really in the front. So from the back, the drape dress, does it just look boxy or is it cut to fit the... It's cut to fit. So Okay, so it is sort of hourglassy and pretty... I mean, yeah. But, but less so than the French? Yeah. I mean, the the one that I wore, it's more hourglassy because it wasn't the huge peignets mm-hmm. and it had like the nice drape. And then you still, but the stays that women wore then were much like a, like a Victorian bodice or, um, corset. We think very like hourglassy. Right. Curvy. It goes over the hips, whatever. The stays of uh, 18th century were very flat. Like flat. Oh, they were trying to, they were trying to make you sort of like a boy? Kind of, it was kind of squarish. Like it's still, cause it, it usually went to your waist. Okay. And then down, um, uh, while like the Victorian ones can go to like the hips. Oh, right. So these went to the waist and then were very like, not like cinching like a Victorian bodice would be where you're like, can't breathe. It's tight, but it's like, it's very, um, it's flat against your chest. Okay. And just very like more kind of boxy is the way to. Kind right, of to, to sort of show the sh- the dress off more than the person inside yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it was more about it was more about the dress. While like as you move forward, you kind of get you go from like it's so funny. It's like because you can tell what I love about fashion is you can tell what's going on in the culture at the time, depending on the fashion. Right. So like you have the 18th century, the very opulent Rococo things are going really well in France. It's great, <laughs> and you get to like the Revolution. You're, hey, guess you forgot to unplug the phone. (laughs) It's okay. Oh my god. It's, it isn't okay. It's the worst. Well, I'm surprised you still have a landline. (laughs) So you could tell about the, the politics of the time from the clothes. So things are going well. The revolution, which revolution? 78? The first one? 98? In France? Yeah. Yeah, so like the, the The one. French revolution. Yeah, the French revolution. (laughs) uh, Whenever that was, the 1780s, 90s. Yeah. Um, your fashion becomes a lot less restricted. 
You can see in the women's clothing, it like muslin it becomes very popular, very more loose what is fitting that? clothing. Muslin is like a really, so, it's like a cotton that's like very kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a. Is it stiffer? It can be, it depends. So like muslin you would make a uh, dress form out of, like if you're about to make a dress and you want to see it put together, you'd make a muslin cutout. That's going to be much cheap kind of stuff. Just whatever cotton. Right. The muslin they're using is a much more soft, drapey, flowy fabric. Um, and so, you know, you're going from the early 17, mid 1700s, which is very restrictive. You know, women are locked the brocades in. And brocades. The... It's very like, oh, to now this kind of like, oh, this freedom. Women aren't wearing the same type of underwear. Their clothes are much more free. They have a lot more movement going on in okay. their clothing. So and I always find that interesting to see. Like, yeah. And, um, and if you notice too, like even in our in modern times, when a country is at war, like army fatigues come into fashion. Oh right. Yeah. So like that becomes start start hide. Camo, yeah, gotta camo. hide, gotta get out. Don't let them see you. <laughs> right, so. right. Desert camo, desert camo. You live in Shakopee. You're good. That's where they're going, all right? <laughs> they're going to Shakopee. They're going to go to Mystic Lake, and they're going to take all the buffet. That's all where ISIS buffet. is going. That's where ISIS, that's, uh, well, put something on black. <laughs> Just for me, guys. All right, if you're thinking. So it's, uh and then, you know, like, um with the, uh in the, like, the, like, your kind of classic Renaissance guy has, like, the holes in his sleeves mm-hmm. kind of look. That comes from when they... During battle, like they would cut the holes in their sleeves and take their, this is what I heard, this, they would take the enemy flag and like put it through oh. the holes. Oh, okay. So that came into fashion. So it's like, what was, it's a good, fashion's always a good reflection. I hate modern day fashion. Um, because it's, it's all just about, accumulation of, of absolutely everything in, yeah, behind. It's, uh, and nothing really very specific. You yeah. Know? It's sort of like modern music. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, essentially we're done. <laughs> We're like, no, I'm not going to make up anything new right now. We're just going to sort of pull something from that age and that age and smash it all together. And well, it's all you'll computers like it. now. Mm-hmm. So we have to fit. What's next after computers? That's going to make. Are we going to dress like computers? I mean, it, we kind of are. Like, if you like, <laughs> like some fashion is just like it's so minimalist now, and like an almost apocalyptic. In some fashion, it looks very minimalist, but it's also kind of dirty, like a lot of zippers and like shit hanging off. Right. Like shit's not right with anybody. So let's have clothes where we're like, it could be the end. So (laughs) that's what I see now going on. And then like, uh, um, what would you, what's your favorite age that you've dressed as? If I could just dress as anything for comfort reasons. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because let's say I'm not wearing restrictive underwear. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to like do my thing. Um, <laughs> please do. <laughs> I'm just going to do my thing. I would, I would love to do forties. I love the forties silhouette. Okay. And it's all like to like, it's about the silhouette. Like what's the silhouette at the time? Now there's not, it's like, it's so different how many silhouettes, but like you look at a Victorian silhouette, you're like hourglass. Got it. Fifties hourglass. Got it. Sixties box. You know, like you can see okay. what the silhouette of the female body was then. Mm-hmm. But also, was I don't, I don't know shit about male fashion. Fuck right. them. Well, I only know female. We'll get fashion. somebody else. We'll get yeah, somebody. Get else. some other dickhead. We'll to get talk some to you other dork that. to talk about male fashion. And, um, uh, somebody email me, jackietjackiefashion.com. <laughs> but you can ask. The the silhouette is is super important as to like what 
kind of yeah. guides the fashion. I think I would love 40s and then 70s too, but the 40s kind of came back in the 70s. Okay, so 40s was what though? I mean, 40s it was, was like wartime. It was um, a, it was shorter skirts. It no, it was up. It was it was uh, above the knee. Um, it was like knee or above because he had to save the uh fabric for the boys. Okay, over t- overseas. It was over, it was above the knee in the forties. Some of it was, yeah. So okay. I mean, it was like it was. Then when you get to the fifties, it gets to be lower and much more, a lot more fabric because mm-hmm. we're out we're rich. Yeah, we're rich. So you have like that Chanel, just like uh, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I like the forties. I love the house dresses. I like, I think we should wear more house dresses. Um, the house dress that I know of my grandmother who came here from Turkey in 1920. So her house dresses were pretty raggy. I'm going to need better definition of a house dress. Like, uh, is it like, like a sundress? Like, uh, there, you could do like the mom house dress, which is like, just kind of like a box of fabric that's colored, has a zipper, boom, yeah. you're done. But they had like, <laughs> like, ele- like they wore these elegant, they were like robe slash house dresses for women. Yeah. That were like floor length, kind of like really like in a nice rich velvet or, or like a, um. A velour? A velour, like just like a nice fabric and you would wear it. Like over your clothes, but be in the house and just like a like a robe. It's almost like a robe, but not but it a was robe. Fancier, but a fan. It's like a super fancy robe. And like if you watch old movies, a lot of women will like wear them when they're like, "Oh, James at the door. I have to get my house dress on." And they like, you know, I'm gonna look up the word house dress and and be. Defined. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you <laughs> specific images to show you right. what I'm talking about. There's, Otherwise, I sound crazy, and I'm there's sure there's a store that I recommend in Burbank called Pinup Girl, mm. and it's got 40s. Yes, it's got 40 stuff. It's on that row with all the uh, antique stuff. Yeah, where things are ja- the prices are jacked though. I get yep. there's no. I, I wouldn't recommend. There's. I went to buy a dress off from one of those stores, and yeah. the woman. Just so you guys know, a plus size lady. Uh, if you didn't already know that, but I went in to like buy clothes, and she like looked at me, and she was like. Nope. Nope. Yeah, she literally was, I was like, can I try this on? She's like, no, that's yeah. not going to fit you. Here's this. And Luke just brought me like the ugliest yeah. muumuu dresses. And I was like, I get it. I yeah, get you it. don't want me to shop yeah. here is yeah. what it is. That's that's the message I'm getting. Whenever yeah. I walk in, I mean, that's why I tend to wear just jeans and, and T-shirts and stuff. And I I did get, I got a dress because we were going to a wedding. It was yeah. a two-day wedding. And yeah, we went to, we went to, no, three day wedding. We went to two of the three days. Uh, the first day I think was just family. Okay. And it was, uh, he is, um, I believe from India or Pakistan. Oh, don't they have, yeah, they have, they have many days, many, yeah. ma- many day wedding. And we were blessedly invited to two of those days. And so the first day it was formal. Yeah. And so I went to pinup girl and I bought this black, amazing, just to, I'll show it to you after. Yeah. It's a black. And, and I bought these blue shoes. The shoes were make the dress. It's like yes. the best hood ornament for a plus size lady. Are they is to from get, the same website? Yeah. Well, f- from the same store. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're of a, they're of an age, right? Yeah. And the, and the black dress is nice. It's sort of a, a crossed bodice thing. So it, it wraps around. So yeah, it's like a nice It's booby. Wrap. What, yes. Fourth length? With a three quarter length. Yes. Yeah. Um, it might actually be, uh. So it's like a swing dress. Yeah, it's like a swing dress. Yeah. It's exactly that. And then, um, 
I didn't, I didn't end up liking the dress. I like the shoes more. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I want a different, I don't want to be forced to wear a very plain black dress. Yeah. Because of my size. I'd like there to be more choices. I'd, I'd like yeah. to take a stand, Jenny's a great now. Hey, Girl, wouldn't it be great? I got you. I got you. I can open your world to a whole oh, yeah? world of plus size. There's this great, great, great website where you can custom make your dress. Oh yeah. And put your sizes in. It's like what? 80 bucks, 90 bucks. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait, where is it? Eshakti.com. How do you spell that? E S H A. I can't spell in my head. Eshak? Eshakti. I think it's a, either a K or a, might be a K. I think that's it. I'm gonna, okay. I'll find it for you. Okay. But, uh, and then, so I used to, um, and you can still find a lot of these pictures. E-S-H-A-K-T-I dot com. Yeah. And that's a great custom one. Um, there's, I'll send you a couple other ones that have like great, really great styles. And so I. You can pick any style and they'll just make it in your size. So they have like, they're like, oh, I want that dress. Like, oh, I love that color. I love that dress. I want it with long sleeves. And you can pick, I want that with long sleeves or I want it with a, Round neck or a boat neck. Oh, interesting. So it gives you more options. Yeah. And they have really nice clothes. And. And the quality's good and everything? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also an $80 dress. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an $80 dress. Yeah. Okay. But it's what you want it to be. Right. Which is great. Yeah. And so I used to sell on Etsy when I first quit stand up. (laughs) Um, I mean, I quit stand up. What? I think I did a Freudian slip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having some stand-up issues. Um, <laughs> when I first quit my day job to just do stand-up, I was selling plus-size vintage on Etsy. Okay. So I would go around to like a bunch of dead people's houses, dig through oh, their shit. Estate sales. Yeah. Really? Estate sales. Do you? I find the coolest shit. That's because you're willing to dig through it, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not... It's even if I if I go into a bookstore and if it's not sorted correctly, I turn around and You're walk like, I'm out. Done. Right. I like a thrift store that has all the shirts by color. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're asking a lot of, of your thrift store. Well, do you also want the clothes washed or something? Uh, I just, well, you know, like they have. There's a great Salvation Army store over in the. Pasadena that has like all the blue shirts are in one, all the blue sweaters are together and various kinds of blue. And you're like, they're by size and by color, by size and by color. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll get a red sweater. (laughs) And then I can just go look at all the red sweaters, find a medium or a large and then go. I love it. Yeah. They used to do that. Um, cause I used to live in Boston for so long. I would, um, I used to work in New Hampshire. So I'd go to all the New Hampshire ones and they were like the New Hampshire ones. They had, New Hampshire didn't have a lot of its shit together, but it's thrift stores. They had that shit together. <laughs> and so they had great stuff, but I think one day I, I like, I wasn't finding anything and they have pickers who go to the thrift stores to like specifically oh. pick shit out at oh, this point. Like people have teams that they've hired. Yeah. Oh, uh, or Goodwill even does it. Goodwill will sell it on their website. Oh. So they pick them out and then they sell them off to other people. Oh, they, oh, to pick the nicest of the stuff. Yeah. The nice oh. old vintage stuff. Uh, local comic Van Sanders, Christmas dork, I should have him back on the show. Yeah. But, uh, he, um, he told me about a secret, uh, Salvation Army over in South Pass, Pasadena. Yeah. That is, is only sort of the cream of the, the crop. Mm. Cause there's a Salvation Army factory sort of behind it. There's a giant Salvation Army store a block and a half away. And then there's a small store that has sort of the nicest stuff. Oh. 
And that's where we got this uh, furniture 15 years ago, 12, for 13 years ago. That's a nice set. It's a nice set. It didn't used to be distressed at all. <laughs> it used to be all nice looking. But see the the front of them? It's all Egyptian hieroglyphics and gold. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, yes. Uh, our furniture is. Uh, and people come in, they're like, oh, I love how it's distressed. And Andy's like, I don't. I don't. <laughs> it started getting distressed almost within a year of us buying it. I was like, yeah, but all three pieces, couch, giant chair, love seat, a thousand bucks. Jesus. I never knew I wanted matched furniture until we had matched furniture. And I was like, oh, that really does bring a room together. Yeah, you're like, it turns I get out. it. I get it. I get it. I'm, uh, I love antique furniture is, uh, is I have, a, you have some? I have, so I used to work at the Antiques Roadshow. Oh, what? Yeah, I used to intern there. Wait, I think I missed that. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. Oh, that was, that job was so fun. I don't, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but now I'm just like, oh, that was the coolest job. So if you actually, they had a marathon a few months ago and yeah. Josh Gondelman texted me and was like, did you work on Antiques Roadshow? <laughs> and I was like, yep, you sound the name, didn't you? But, um, yep. they had, see, so go. Is it film? Is it, is it produced out of Boston? Yeah. Okay. At, at PBS. Okay. Um, WGBH. WGBH. Yeah. Boston. So, um, I would log all the tapes. So I'd have to watch like hours and hours of footage. And log it, and then I would see all the weird, creepy behind the scenes things that they would say. Um, because remember, they're just people, you guys. Right, they are they're humans. Just humans. And it was edited by, um, it was edited by, what's his name? Guy who did Crash, Steve, uh, Crash, Steve Cronenberg. Okay. It was edited by his, like, cousin. Oh, weird. Yeah, a Cronenberg well, edited cronyism. It, which I was like, that's. It happens. Oh, stop it. It's a, <laughs> that's, that's what got him that Cronenbergenism. <laughs> I actually didn't go there, but now, now we're totally there. Um, so I would log all the tape and they had this bookshelf of like all these crazy, like antique books, uh, or like antique information books. But then they had this wall that was like all the crazy, um, letters that they would get from people being like, I have this, whatever. And it was always, I have the original shroud of Turin. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Come. come. And they had like, it was always handwritten because there's all these old ladies and old men being Mm -hmm. like, I remember one was like, someone's like, I have this old antique couch and it was literally shreds. It was like a wooden (laughs) frame and just shreds. And she's like, what do you think this would be worth? And my favorite one was this guy clearly not there, but he had a 1950s mannequin. Okay. That he wanted to get appraised. And just, I'll tell like you. Like a store mannequin? Yeah. Okay. And this is what he looked like. He was wait, cause he sent in a glamour shot. Oh, of, of himself? him and the mannequin. Oh, him and the mannequin. Him and the mannequin. Nice. A glamour shot. A boy and his mannequin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he had a blonde bowl haircut. Ooh, bowl. Um, real blonde. And was wearing a 1980s, like, um, magenta and green tracksuit. Oh, there you go. Windbreaker. Sweet. Oh, and then he had all these pictures of this mannequin and he, it was in a wheelchair. So clearly he wheels the mannequin around. The mannequin around. The mannequin was not posed standing. The mannequin no. was posed seated. It was seated in the glamour shot. In the glamour shot in a, in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. So he takes this mannequin out and about. I mean, you don't just purchase a wheelchair to take a right? picture with your mannequin. No, no, but, you don't. So he, and had, he seemed to be standing, right? He was like leaning over. Okay. So he didn't need the wheelchair for anything. But it was like, it was like a high, it was like a high school photo where in the back it had like the kind of blue clouds with like lasers. Yeah. It was, 
uh, I kept one of the a greatest of photos. Somewhere. One of the greatest photos you've ever seen. Is it was. I kept a photo. I cop photocopied what, it. What are the behind the it. scenes comments? Are people just going, "Well, you're out of your mind. This is a piece of just garbage." Like, <laughs> I remember one Wes and Mark Wahlberg, not the well, the Mark Wahlberg, a different but, uh, Mark Wahlberg. Um, I was like logging their tape, and they started talking about like butt stuff, and I had to like butt go stuff. back and be like, "What?" What did I just hear? Right. Or they were like, they were being like just fucking, you know, locker room talk. You get it. Oh, I get it. Just like being like gross dudes on a set, which you've been on a set. So you, whenever you're be set, gross. Yeah. They're just gross. So I just would like listen to them being like kind of funny, gross dudes mm-hmm. and like say mm-hmm. weird, gross things and right. then, uh, and giggle to myself. Which can be very funny. Yeah. And can be not. The weird thing that people don't really understand about uh, dick jokes around women is that it's a learned skill. Yeah. And I suppose you have to learn it somewhere, but um literally <laughs> there's there's a way to talk about your dick around women <laughs> that I have been around men my entire life. First of all, None of my brothers would ever talk about their dicks in front of me on purpose because uh, uh, they aren't creeps. Uh, yeah. But, but like you know, male comics and and just club owners and I mean, and yeah. some guys were gross and some guys were funny. And there's a way to be funny, and yeah. I don't know how to explain it to you except for that your heart has to be in the right place. <laughs> Follow Doug Stanhope. Your maybe, heart. maybe Doug Stanhope. It's, I always think of Doug Stanhope as a, as a guy with, with dick jokes where his heart is in the right place. Just the dick jokes with a heart of gold? Well, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. Like it's, it wasn't offensive. I was like, oh my God. I was just like, <laughs> this right. is great. This is hilarious yeah. because these guys don't really remember that they're being taped. Yeah. And, uh, and they weren't plotting sexual assault. No, right? They were just, they were just riffing. Yeah, they were just riffing and talking about each other's balls probably. Yeah. And whatever. Which... <laughs> you never understand. Really? Have you? I mean, that's a 180 that would be like, talk about each other's balls and be like, let's go look at these model airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a pile of modern airplanes over there. Let's get over there. <laughs> let's go put our balls on it. Uh, <laughs> I hope that no one, no balls are put on anything in those days. Right. Do you ever see, uh, the genealogy roadshow? Do you ever see that follow? No. What's that one? Well, it's by the same people who do antique roadshow, but it's, uh, where the people, they follow their DNA. And they, I would love to follow my DNA. I followed my DNA. Where'd it and, go? Uh, it went to weird places that I did not know it was going. Uh, and granted, I was talking to my brother about it because he was going to do it. And, yeah. And it, it came back. It's pretty vague. And he goes, how much was this? And I said, $200. And oh, goes, for the spit DNA yeah. thing? Yeah. And he goes, well, you, we, we, you kind of got what you paid for, I guess, 200 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, I know, but what would be the real amount of money? Like, I'm not saying I have that amount of money to yeah. put towards it. And he was like, I don't know, but uh, it is because I did it and my sister did it. Where did you guys get different results? We weird. did. We did get different results. Really? Because every chromosome, of course, you get all the chromosomes, You the options of all the chromosomes from your mom and all the chromosomes from your dad. We're not identical twins, so you can pull... A variety of chromosomes from both of those yeah. gene pools, and she pulled a bunch of them from different, which is why we look different. Yeah. It's why we also look the same, and it's why we sound the same. I mean, but she has something like 18% Italian, and 24%, and 20% Middle Eastern, and I have like 25% Middle Eastern and 25% or 20% Irish. And then 
The rest of it's Whitey Whitersons from Northern <laughs> Europe, and the rest of hers is Whitey Whitersons from Northern Europe. Yeah. And- that's so you, did you have any Italian or it was like, I didn't have any Italian. <laughs> And if any it Italian just creeps all, in there. It just, just she was like, oh, I guess. And granted, I mean, my dad, my father's family is entirely from Armenia. Yeah. And which was in Turkey, which is on the spice route to yeah. whatever. So they've been fucking everybody for <laughs> thousands of years. On the spice route. On the spice route. Yeah. You're getting laid. You're getting raped. Things are happening. The laid for part sounds better. Doesn't it? The <laughs> it consensual does. sex with a variety of different ancestries. Right. That's my family for you. <laughs> We're all available. Cons- it oh. was all consensual yeah, for thousands of years. We're on board. We're available. <laughs> it turns out for doing it. I want to. Do- I want to do that spit test. It's but- twenty three and me, and it's two hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Twenty three and me dot com. And uh, it's weird. It yeah, was weird. I'd love- I'd- I want to know. I think I get the gist. It's a Andy did it. Russian. Well, a- Andy did it. Well, that's the weird thing is I thought there would be more Armenian or at least Turkish. Yeah. And, uh, none of it. <laughs> it was just genuine Mediterranean. That's just great. loose. And Andy. Just loose Mediterranean. Just loose DNA Medi- going around your just, blood. Exactly. Yeah. We can't narrow it down. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, 99% white. Really? The whitest guy in the world. <laughs> and the other 1% was, uh, the, the Jewish thing. Oh, there's just the tiny yeah. little Jew. Yeah, the tiniest little, but where everybody in Northern Europe comes from those nine Jews. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know. It was, it was, I read an article. I read really? an article. Not only nine? Well, apparently, uh, the Cohen blood is a lot of, in Italy. There's a lot oh, of Cohen's, like, that they went down to Italy, which is why. Right. Jews and Italians just look so similar. And all Mediterraneans. You put an Armenian next to a Turk and you're like, best of luck. Yeah. Best of luck picking which one's which. Figure it out. You figure it out. Oh. <laughs> You'd be going east, we going west. What are you doing with your bowing? And, uh, so it can't possibly matter. Yeah, I just, I love, I love, I love, uh, any like history and stuff. Like I just, I love so much learning about my own history or like other people's yeah, history. Yeah. Like, why? Why are we the way we are? I don't know. But before we get in, I'm talking to Jenny Zagrino, by the way. Z-I-G-R-I-N-O. Z-I-G-R-I-N-O. That's it. Jenny Zagrino. And it's at Jenny Zagrino everywhere. Yep. And, um, you have a new album? Did you record um, it? It's, it's recorded. Um, I just oh, okay. put it out. It's just edited and edited in art. And yeah. It's like, well, the final thing I'm do, doing. Do the you have art. a label or? Yeah. I'm doing it up on stand up. Stand up records? Yeah. Oh, so you have to light a fire. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm doing mine with stand up records <laughs> in, uh, end of December. Yeah. Well, I mean, you almost died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me so, too. Me too. Did what? you almost die? No. <laughs> every day. Every day I almost died. I record, so I did everything by myself. I was like dead set. I was like, okay. I'm going to record. I'm oh, gonna- you recorded it all? I recorded all at Madison. Mm-hmm. Oh, at the Madison? Club? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so good. And, uh, I was like, I'm going to put this out by myself. I don't care. Paid for everything. There you go. And then, uh, and then I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. So then I just like licensed it out. But I just, but I, we the- will talk afterwards. Yeah. Cause I would like to ask. <laughs> Various questions. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, if it, if it ever comes out at this point, It'd it's be just great. been like, and uh, when did you record it last? Had, did you headline last year? Uh, last year. Yeah, I recorded yeah. It last year. 2016 or 2015? 2015. Okay. So, so I had to go into re-editing because there was some the stuff where I was like, well, that's not relevant anymore. So I just right. took a couple things out. And, uh, I guess like. It just needs to be mastered. Is that the whole thing? It's and then- all, I mean, it's all done. There was like, and I did new tracks for it. Like I cut the tracks up, so I have okay. to remaster it. And, uh. So you have to do remastering yeah, and, then, right. and then, and then just art and then yeah. releasing. And yeah. And I'm going to put it on record 
But right now I'm just like, can we just get the get the fucking thing yeah. out? Like I need to trash this material. I'm right. You got to call the call the material. You got to get it on uh, all the radio stations and yeah. iTunes and all that stuff. And then you can and you can start a new one. And yeah. it's already been a year and a half. You got a whole new twenty already. Yeah. So you're it's good. A great twenty, but it's a new. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's a new twenty again. <laughs> I having a couple 20. of struggles. Yeah, it was some struggles. <laughs> <laughs> so, I like. All right, for this last, I kind of for this last fifteen minutes, okay. kind of want to talk about the odd things that you're getting back into, like yeah. old dorkdoms that you're now now you're into. Yeah. So, I uh, I just. I, did, you know, like stand up itself was such an obsession. Mm-hmm. And then finally I get success and I was like, let's just coast. Oh, sure. And- <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. Let's not work hard anymore, but it's nice. Like now I have time to kind of rediscover shit. So I've been getting back into, um, playing guitar and really like, music. So before stand up, uh, when you I played was guitar, yeah, I was like, I'm going to be a music. I was like dead set on being a singer songwriter. I was okay. Like, That's what I'm going to be. When I was 16, like I cut an EP, went to like a professional producer, got everything done, and uh, and then. Are you good at guitar? You're I'm pretty good at decent. You're pretty I'm good at decent. decent. Yeah. And I can sing, so I can play and sing, which is all you need. Those are those are the two things that go together to when, you're, singer, when you're to be a singer songwriter. songwriter? Boom, out the door, done and so, done. Um, did you ever know? Did you ever know this place in uh, Hopkins called the Depot? Nope. Oh, it's like this little Hopkins, Minnesota, you guys. <laughs> Another hotbed. Hotbed hot of comedy uh-huh. right there. Um, so I used to go around and play and then, and then all my gear got stolen. So I think one of my friends in college stole my bass and bass guitar. And then my sister got in some, what? some trouble with her landlord who mm-hmm. took my guitar and amp as collateral. Oh, so you lost all your equipment in like a year and a half or something? Almost like a year and a half because I was doing it in college and then. So do you have a new guitar now? Did you get an acoustic or something? I bought, uh, I bought a new electric Mm -hmm. and, uh, I bought an electric that came in a coffin case. So 16 year old goth Jenny is like super pumped about this. Psyched. Oh, she is so happy about it. Uh huh. So I bought it just as like, I was like, I want to play again. So. I've been playing again, taking like online guitar lessons. Okay. Like, just to sort of brush back up, right? Yeah. Like get my scales in order. Mm-hmm. Kind of just. <laughs> I'd like to get my scales in order. <laughs> oh, my scales. Fair <laughs> enough. Such a weird phrasing. I don't know why I said <laughs> but, it, but everyone knows what you mean. <laughs> You're yeah. Like, I'd like to be able to play scales whenever yeah. I want to. And so I have to be reminded of exactly how they go. Exactly. If yeah. someone's like, this is in the key of F, I'm going to be like, I can play an F here. I can play an F here. I can play an F wherever the fuck you want. Yeah. What point of an F do you want? Exactly. <laughs> do you want to do an F diminished, a minor? <laughs> A major, a Ooh. sharp, a seventh, a blah, blah, blah. I just learned about it. There's a board game, a, a, a musical board game that um, the dice are notes. Oh. And you can write, it can help you write music, but the you have to be able to read and write music to play this board game. Oh, well, there goes everyone. Everyone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a board game for 11 everybody. people. <laughs> Right. And, but that's fine because Kickstarter exists yes. and those 11 people are like, I will give you $60 for that game. That's and now it's game. available on Amazon. So it's clearly, it worked. I, uh, my art history teacher in high school made like an arts history, um, board game for oh, right. all of us to play. And he's like, I'm going to make this into a real thing. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, well, I don't <laughs> know how many other people are really that into art history. Who aren't like, <laughs> did you ever play Masterpiece? 
I think no, it was called was Masterpiece. That? It was a, it was a, it was sort of a cardboard game where, um, you were given, uh, a famous painting yeah. and you were given a card that told you what it was worth. And there was a, it was a bidding game. And the card either told you that it was worth like a hundred grand, 20 grand, or it was a forgery. Really? Yeah. And so it was like this weird bluffing game that was actually kind of, I remember playing it a couple of times and thinking, this is fascinating. And find that. you got to see all the art, which I never did as a child because uh, I lived in a factory town in Wisconsin. That's <laughs> so, okay. You know, yeah. the, um, the best, I think the best thing I ever found at a thrift store was uh I was at a Savers in Connecticut. Savers. Right? Right. Uh, Love that Savers. On. And uh it was a print of Mary Queen of Scots. And I was like, well, this is just a nice print to have. Yeah. I like Mary Queen of Scots. Let's <laughs> do it. Do you? And Bloody I Mary? Love her. <laughs> Love that bitch. So on the back of it had all this information about the print and I was like, oh that's great. Take it home and like I start kind of doing research and looking at it. And I realized, like, I can see, like, the stippling in the print. Like, this is a real print. And I do research, and it was a real, uh, like screen 17, print? no, like a, um, like, with the metal print, like a plate. Oh, wow. And it was hand painted, um, from the 1790s. This artist, this, what? uh, Italian printmaker. Yeah. Did this whole series of the, of, uh, um, British monarchy? A British monarch. Because the original's face was destroyed. Okay. Because they hated her so much. So he, like, redid the face and made all these prints on this salmon-colored paper. So I found for 10 bucks mm-hmm. this uh, print that I did my Google and research. It's, like, right. worth 1,600 pounds. What? It's worth, like, three grand? Yeah. Wow. And it was just, like, hanging out at a saver's. It's hanging out. Well, that's when you find the real... Come to my house and steal my stuff. <laughs> right. The other thing you got at those savers <laughs> were a great pair of shorts. Savers also just... Really good shorts. Let me tell you something about savers. They also break things up into clothes, uh, they colors. Do. They do. It's colors and sizes. You're like, oh, I'm going to get a pair of yellow shorts. Oh, good. What's, you have a large? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in the large section of the yellow l- shorts. Exactly. And then you know, you know. Now you know. Oh, these are shirts that all say stuff. Oh, good. They're together. I wish they had savers. They don't have savers out here. They do don't. They? they don't. They don't even have a rag stock. Uh, uh, I love a rag stock. That's a good, my friend used to work at the big uh, one on 7th in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah? Like where they actually had the giant one-ton cubes of rags. Uh, I, uh, in 1984, uh, I went to the original rag stock on State Street in Minneapolis, in Madison where I went to college. And, I went um, there. You went to Madison? Well, yeah, I just started recording my album. No, no. That's where, uh, oh, I didn't go there for college. Oh, no, I was no, no, say, no. Where, I just been to that Where'd you stuff. go to college? Massachusetts College of Art. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. nice. Do you have an art degree? I do. Well, it's a BFA film. Oh, oh interesting. But I was, I was going to be a comic book artist. Oh, That's do you still read comics? I, I just read com, like, not great comics. Do I read, read bad ones and then I just, so I liked telling stories. And yeah. I liked drawing. So. Oh, those two things. Yeah. But I wasn't work. like a comic book nerd. Like you should get back into web comics. That'll blow you up. What's the one I used to read that Penny Arcade all the time? Yeah, yeah, Penny yeah. Arcade. That was fun. I have the Fruit Fucker T-shirt, which is a, a story of a juicer and an orange, which I always think is consensual. And Andy is like, no. And I said, well, they were made for each other. He goes, yeah. That orange does not wish to be fucked. And, are are uh, we sure? Are you sure? Because I think they were made for each other. Yes. <laughs> juicer, not- orange. Orange, juicer. Yes. Fruit Andy's fucker. Andy's two right? Andy has got his heart in the right place. And, uh, and that's all he needs. That's why his dick jokes are hilarious. <laughs> 
They're gilded dick jokes just covered in gold. I gotta go. Pardon me. <laughs> Let me spend a little time alone. Sorry, I gotta, um, I got off topic. Al Pacino, another big obsession. Why? Why I Al Pacino? Don't know. I just remember folding laundry at like 14 and the TV was on and Dog Day Afternoon came on and I was like, that's it. What year is that? Dog Day Afternoon? That was, came out 1970. Shit. Uh, 74? Dog Day Afternoon is an early 70s Cop movie? Is that what yeah, it is? No, it's a bank robbing movie. So Sonny robs a bank. Um, and it turns out he's, but it's also a huge thing in trans, um, for transgender and mm-hmm. uh, trans rights. So it talks about he robs his bank. Then it comes out that he married a man who's trying to be a woman. And then, uh, so then all of these, uh, like LGBT people come out and they're the ones shouting out of the closet and into the streets. So then it like becomes this whole thing. Dog Day where, Afternoon like, came up with that slogan. Well, they're just shouting or it. Oh, shouting they can't. It? Yeah, they're just. Who they're knows? Just there doing it. Could have been. It could have been them. Could have been someone else. We don't know. We don't know. It's a. There's. Does it? Does it end? All right. Spoiler alert. Seven. No. Ooh. Of course it doesn't. Back <laughs> it's a true story. It's a true story, which means everyone is murdered. <laughs> and uh, and of course the Hayes Code. Yeah. So um. But wow. Because. Uh, here's what I know about El Pacino. Okay, I'm so uh, excited. Beverly D'Angelo. Yes. Was, oh, yes! She was on the program, On yes. the Dark Forest. And she's starting a podcast with Moon Zappa. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, it's called Moon Zappa and Beverly D'Angelo Thinking and Laughing. Oh my god. I was like, could you make it a little bit longer? She's like, we'll call it anything. And I was like, how about, uh, thinking and laughing. how about, uh, Valley Girl Vacation? How about that? Why don't you just call it that? And she was like, I would call it that. Why don't we add that to the bottom? I was like, stop talking. And, uh, add it to the bottom. <laughs> but Beverly D'Angelo is hilarious. Yes. And she was with, and she told the story, I think, in the Dork Forest about how, because she didn't know that it, she was essentially in an open marriage. With Al Pacino. But she didn't know it was open. Oh wait, with the Duke, with the Italian Duke that she was married to. She didn't know. She was married to an Italian Duke before Pacino? Before Pacino. She was married to him for 15 years. He lived in Rome. She lived here and they would date other people. And I was like, you were in an open marriage with an Italian Duke? And she said, I guess that is an open marriage. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, if you're dating other people. And she goes, yeah, all I know is that when I would go out with these guys and we'd end up, you know, getting together, I would tell them I was married and they were like, whew, thank God. And they were like, they were psyched. And then when I told Al Pacino that uh, I was married, he was like, what? Well, you have to get divorced if we're going to go out. And I was like, well, that makes me like Al Pacino a lot more. And she him. just shook her head off. Like there was, there's a dead silence as you can hear in the dark forest with her. Cause she goes, <laughs> no, <laughs> she didn't say it out loud, but she's like, he's not that great. And I was like, really 15 years together. Cause they have 15 year olds. Yeah. They have, they have the twins. twins. Yeah. And I've um, done my research. Yes. <laughs> done my Pacino research. Pacino research. And, uh, but I forget this. So she calls the Duke and yeah. says, I need to get divorced because there's this guy who wants to go out with me, but he won't go out with me if I'm married. And the Duke's like, oh, why? Who, 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 what does he do? And she said, well, he's an actor. And, um, and Beverly goes, yeah, he's an actor. And the Duke goes, an actor? No, you're not going to date an actor. Which actor? And she said, his name's Al Pacino. And he goes, Al Pacino? I'll divorce you for Al Pacino. <laughs> Hilariously. <laughs> The guy is like, I will divorce you. Whatever Al Pacino wants, <laughs> Al Pacino gets. That and, uh, is so great. Is she is is she still talking to the Duke? 
Oh uh, yeah, they're good friends. Yeah, they're good. They're good that's friends. So great. Yeah, that's the relationship I want. Not the open part, but just like if I was like, "Hey, look, uh, <laughs> famous person over here wants to fuck," and they'd be like, "Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We'll get divorced. We'll we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll take a we'll take a good break. We'll take a break. You do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh. Yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of open relationships. Just for oh. me. I'm a fan of closed relationships. And then if you're having trouble keeping it closed, <laughs> pipe up. That's my thing. I know it's scary. But if you're also, if you're sad with what's happening in front of you, just go, Hey, uh, this dude's hitting on me. I may have to, I may have to fuck off. And you're like, well, then fuck off. Yeah. Um, don't, yeah, don't drag everybody down with you with a pile of lies. It sounds like a terrible idea. Oh my idea. God. I was, I just, I didn't just get out of one. I've been like out of one, but yeah. I was in one and it was just, for me, it was just competition all the time. Like, who am I going to fuck this weekend? <laughs> oh, you're out with your girls? Well, I got fucking pocket full of dudes back home. Let's right? just, ugh. but oh, it was just such a mess. It's it was a, it's so just many lies. Draining. So draining because you're like, in your, because in your head, you're like, I'm above jealousy. Mm. I'm a modern day woman. I get it. But really, you're just like, I just want someone to love only me. Right, right. <laughs> That's or, all you want. Right, exactly. We'll figure it out. What do you, we, you want to turn around? You want to yeah. get out, uh, shoot some ladders, some dice? What do you need? <laughs> and so, let's make well, it into. I know for some people, some people it works, and I don't want to diss it too much because I have, you know, good friends I, no, who, I know do people it, who do it. I know people who do it. Yeah. But fuck that. But it is not for me. <laughs> that is what I say to that. Everybody's got their own dorkdom. You're some kind of bigamist or polygamist or whatever it's called. If that's your dorkdom, if that's your dorkdom then as long Man. as it's all consensual, come talk to me about it. I am obsessed with fucking other people. It is <laughs> in front of crazy. you. That's the saddest part. I need you to be in the room when I'm fucking someone else. That's the, that actually is not okay. That's possibly where it all comes from. My sadness. Jenny Zagrino, uh, thank you so much. For thank the, you. This was super fun. And uh, I got to have you back on because uh, I have more questions about historical sure. costume. Sure. Oh, can but, I plug uh, my movie? Yeah, plug your movie. Out. I'm in Bad Santa 2. Go see it. Bad Santa 2. You're in it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Me and the right. BBTs. The what one was? BB? What? BBTs. Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in the party show business that doesn't know anybody. So, uh, <laughs> Jenny Zagrino, you guys. Uh, Rangers, you know the rules out there. More important than ever. Hat, Take care hat, of each other. My hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?